In recent years, the United States has faced a chronic shortage of platelets for transfusion, and surge capacity is insufficient. One contributor to this problem may be limitations of the technologies that the FDA has approved for platelet collection and preparation. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with William Riley, a professor of the Science of Healthcare Delivery in the College of Health Solutions at Arizona State University. Dr. Riley has co-authored a perspective article about approaches to expanding the platelet supply in the United States. Dr. Riley, what are the clinical applications for platelet transfusions, and in what circumstances are transfusions most commonly administered? The most common areas for platelet transfusions are approximately 2.5 million units of platelets transfused in this country every year. And the three main applications are cardiac surgery, trauma, leukemia, and bone marrow transfusions. And in your perspective article, you describe growing platelet demand in the United States in recent years. So what explains the increase in transfusions? Excellent question. A little background on that, Steve. My colleagues, Dr. Jeff McCullough and Dr. Claudia Cohen, are well-known transfusion medicine specialists who recognize that both the challenges of ongoing platelet shortages in the United States as well as the opportunities for introducing new technologies to ensure an adequate platelet supply could address the question you asked. So the advantage of these technologies is that they have been used for decades in Europe and Canada and elsewhere, and they have well-known efficacy and safety. So we collaborated to identify the size and the scope of the platelet shortage in the United States the risk of not being able to meet surge capacity, and the advantages and disadvantages of various platelet technologies in use in other countries for introduction into the United States. And then finally, we examined the barriers for introducing them to this country. So before getting to the technologies, what have the implications of platelet shortages and insufficient surge capacity been? How have hospitals responded? The implications for hospitals have become serious in some settings. So the immediate implications are that the shortages are resulting in a delay in surgeries, outpatient transfusions, and seriously jeopardize patient outcomes to the extent of reducing the frequency of needed platelet transfusions as well as the dose of transfusions in order to keep an adequate supply. For example, in the fall of 2019, a national study indicated that approximately 40% of the hospitals indicated that they routinely confronted platelet supply challenges. And then since then, between 2019 and 2021, the demand for platelets has increased 16%, while during that same time period, the supply of platelets decreased 2%. And then looking at the current technologies, you write in your article that platelet collection and preparation in the United States rely largely on apheresis and to a smaller extent on the manual preparation of platelet-rich plasma derived from whole blood. What do you see as the main shortcomings associated with these approaches? In the United States, most platelets for transfusion are collected by platelet apheresis, as you mentioned, and that's about 96%. Apheresis is a technology in which the donor is connected to a blood cell separator and only the platelets are removed from the donor. This procedure usually takes about 90 minutes and the number of donors willing to do this is decreasing. Despite substantial efforts, new donors are not being recruited at the rate needed to maintain a reliable supply. 
and the existing platelet donor pool is actually aging out. So that by itself is a major contribution to the shortage of platelets. The other method, which is called platelet-rich plasma, PRP, is about 4% of the platelet supply. And PRP are produced from units of whole blood to make platelet-rich plasma. But this process is very cumbersome and has substantial limitations, which is the reason why it's not a feasible alternative for platelet apheresis. So you talked about other technologies in other countries. What are their advantages and disadvantages compared with these FDA-approved technologies? The other technologies, there are three of them. Two of them are semi-automated, and I'll explain that in a moment, and the other is fully automated. So the advantages of these semi-automated and fully automated methodologies or methods or technologies are first that the platelet-rich plasma method, which we just discussed, is manual. But the advantage of their called whole blood methods is they minimize the donor time commitment. It's usually 15 minutes, for example, for a whole blood donation as compared to one and a half hours for apheresis. So again, it's very much more efficient for the blood collection as well as the donor time commitment. So second, the experience from other countries indicates that the platelets, red blood cells, and plasma manufactured using the automated and semi-automated methods will almost certainly meet the high-quality standards set by the FDA. And then third, those semi-automated and fully automated whole blood technologies allow holding the whole blood unit at room temperatures for up to 24 hours after collection, which along with the automation creates a major efficiency in laboratory processing. The holds that are allowed, for example, for the platelet-rich plasma are only about eight or nine hours. So the longer hours that the whole blood can stay in the laboratory before processing are a major advantage. In other words, staff don't have to work overnight in the blood centers. So finally, another big advantage, I mentioned there are about two and a half million units of platelet used in this country annually, but there are about 13 million units of whole blood collected. So the units of whole blood collection are already more than sufficient to produce the platelets from these automated and semi-automated technologies that are used in Europe and Canada. So those are the major advantages. There are a couple disadvantages. So there is a slight loss of red cells from the whole blood unit. So that's one. Secondly, the apheresis method comes from one donor. However, the whole blood methods require four donors to get four units, which is a therapeutic dose. But with current donor screening and testing standards, there's no evidence that the whole blood platelets have a greater infection risk than the apheresis platelets. So overall, there are disadvantages, but they are negligible. Finally, you say in your article that the cost of bringing these technologies to the United States would be substantial. So how do you see that cost and other hurdles being overcome to facilitate the adoption of these technologies? Okay. First of all, you're correct. The cost of bringing these semi-automated and automated platelet manufacturing technologies to the United States will be substantial. However, overall, the advantages of a robust platelet supply far outweigh the disadvantages and the upfront cost of these changes. So specifically, there are two types of costs. The capital costs, which are the costs of changing from the current technologies to the new technologies, 
And those are primarily one-time costs. So it's the cost of the new equipment and then the cost of training, of course, to train the staff. So that is a cost barrier, and it is major, especially to the blood processing centers that would bear the bulk of the capital cost. A third important cost, which would, again, be an upfront cost, is that the whole blood platelet production process to introduce these new technologies has a high cost to obtain regulatory approval and proceed to implementation. So the implementation that I mentioned is the capital cost. But perhaps even more important or more costly would be the cost to obtain the regulatory approval. An analogy might be the big pharmaceutical industry. So both drugs and blood products such as platelets are regulated and require FDA approval. So the high cost of developing and bringing a new drug into the market is illustrative of the challenges to introduce whole blood technologies to the U.S. So that is a big cost barrier. And we have been talking with the FDA regarding the potential types of science they would need for their review and potential approval of these technologies. But also, we would need to identify the cost benefit and the major costs of acquiring the data that the FDA would need in order to approve these technologies. But after that, once the conversion is made, the ongoing operations are very cost-justified based on our preliminary findings. Thank you, Dr. Riley. 